0: Hey Kylie, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, guys. How about you? <laughs> doing? I see. I, I see you're together in the same room. We
1: are together in the same room. <laughs> I just got here, like teleported. I don't know, I'm <laughs> shocked. It's been a year. Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness.
2: You're listening to Board Again Games Season Two, Episode 11, where we talk with Kylie Primus, owner of Games Unlimited in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, about his new location as well as some of his favorite gaming experiences, what he considers to be a gamer, and what he's looking forward to in the tabletop gaming experience in the next few years. Thanks for listening. I, I'm really confusing, Ryan, with with our setup too, so there's that. But uh,
1: <laughs> There's human contact. He, I, This has been so foreign for so long. (laughs) Actually, we're not actually touching. It just looks like it. But now, yes, it's about a half an inch. But there, that is Um, something I haven't had. (laughs) Just non-family member. Right. On the elbow.
0: I feel you. you. (laughs) So,
2: (laughs) non-serious, serious serious question. Uh, Pittsburgh is pretty much on the same latitude as Cincinnati, right? You're pretty close. I think so, yeah. I mean, right. Midwest, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Well, you're in the rivers, right? The yep. three rivers. Yep. And does your shop, does your new shop get as humid as it shouldn't here? Is, is my next question.
0: I mean, our new shop has amazing air conditioning. <laughs> so I, I don't know about the humidity level. I had too, It hasn't been too hot lately. But in yeah. general, yes, Pittsburgh summers, yeah. very humid. That said, I mean, I lived in the South for almost a decade, so I can handle Pittsburgh humidity. (laughs) The South is like, you know, oh, I just took a shower and then I stepped outside and I'm still taking the shower.
2: Yeah, yeah, this is about as far South as I can take it in terms of humidity. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Um, so how about you go ahead and introduce yourself uh, I'll say this I uh, you were extremely kind this is how I'm going to introduce you and then you can introduce yourself but I um, met you at the Alliance trade show mm-hmm. in Fort Wayne a couple years ago um, you were extremely kind and talked to me and gave me tons of ideas as I was managing a retail location um, you, you spent your time and it was wonderful getting to know you that night, and, and um, we've had a, a couple of uh, exchanges online just on Facebook since then, but, but that was the main way I have I've known you. Um, you are also now on the retail side of the Gamma board, um, and so seeing you, you uh, kind of get elected to that and, and flourish there as I was on the media side of it this last
0: month, yeah. that was fun. Um, so that's my introduction.
2: How would you like to introduce
0: yourself to everybody? I mean- you, you leave out that, that one of the thing one of the, you know, when I met you at the Alliance Open House, you were working for Out of the Box. Yes. <laughs> which was a store in Michigan that was a big influence on me. Mm-hmm. When I was thinking about opening a store, you know, I got to know the owner of Out of the Box and, you know, there was a lot of, I want my store to be like this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a bit of a reciprocal. You were, you were in charge of, of a store that was already, you know, high in my mind for, for what a game store should be. Um, but yeah, that was a good time. That was the last uh, in person. I think that was 2019. Yeah, so yeah. that was the last in person Alliance Open House. Yeah, um, it was like the second to last convention I went to before Gamma Expo in 2020 before everything shut down. Uh, but no, it was it was it was a good time. It was it was good to hang out with you. Um, yeah, it's, so, it's,
2: tell tell about your experience coming to ownership uh, at, at Games Unlimited. Uh, because I, I enjoyed you, you telling me about that experience because you started as, as a retail clerk there, right, first?
0: Sort of, so, okay. so I, I got into gaming uh, in about 2010. Mm-hmm. At the time I was uh, looking for a new career path. I had been uh, working on a PhD in philosophy and teaching and I liked that, but wasn't working out, decided I didn't want to be in academia, was working in a coffee shop. And uh, got into, after I got married, my wife and I got really into gaming. And there was this game store a couple blocks away, which is Games Unlimited, uh, that had been in business since 1979. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looked like it had been in business since 1979. <laughs> it was, you know, like a thousand square foot filled to the rafters with games. Um, no organization system. But, you know, you never know what you'd find in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, so I, I got to know the owner as I was growing. Uh, getting into games, and decided maybe a year into this that, well, maybe maybe that should be my career path. Maybe I should open a game store, you know, mm-hmm. knowing about retail, knowing nothing about the games industry. And my wife encouraged me to talk to Bob, who was the owner of Games Unlimited. Uh, so, you know, one day I, I said, hey, you know, I'm not trying to, I don't want to step on your toes in any way, uh, but I was thinking, you know, maybe... This could be something that I could do someday, open a game store. You know, I wouldn't want to compete with you. Uh, and he himself at the time was in his you know, mid-60s, uh, and he was looking to retire and he, he didn't have any kids. So he said, Well, what if you came on and I could sort of train you, tell you what I know about the business, and sell you the business? Yeah, so he sort of started an apprenticeship. So so I actually started very much with the intention of learning yeah. it. And then, and then purchasing the business down the road. So uh, that was there from the get go, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, everything really just worked out great. I mean, it was, I think, less than six months into me working there, um, he was actually diagnosed with cancer, mm-hmm. uh, and it was, it was almost almost fatal at the time. But basically, he was like. <laughs> well you know how to do everything <laughs> take over now <laughs> I can't handle anything so I was just sort of thrown into the deep end unfortunately um, he he recovered and uh, you know he's still with us he he retired, uh, I purchased the business in 2015 and now he babysits my kids several yeah. times
1: a week oh I love that
2: I yeah.
0: <laughs> love that <laughs> it's been I, I think
2: that's where you came in you told the story a little bit differently last time and I think that's where you came into the story last time was, was saying that uh, you, you had been interested in the idea and you were already working for him with that in your mind. And he kind of thrust it upon you is yeah. how you started the story. Like when you, when you told me the first time. So um, I mean, that, that's quite the, the, the baptism
0: by fire, right? Yeah. <laughs> it really was. I'll, in fact, I'll tell you just a small anecdote. There was a time I was working at the coffee shop across the street. So I had a full-time job there. I would open at five 30 in the morning, you know, and work till one in the afternoon. while we had one other employee at the time and Bob was in the hospital and that employee would only like open the store at 11 and work till like three. So I would work for about six weeks. I'd open the coffee shop at five 30, get off my shift at one o'clock, go in the back room and nap for an hour <laughs> and then come into the game store at two and work till closing at seven, <laughs> go home, fall asleep, do it again the next day. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was definitely <laughs> the baptism, but
2: that sounds about right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask if he was like still a customer, but I mean, like watching your kids is so much better. Yeah. yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> well, and it was great during, you know, during, during the quarantine, you know, during the past year, he was basically part of our quarantine pod because he, you know, obviously immunocompromised. Yeah. Uh, he was being very cautious, not going to the grocery store, not doing anything. So the only place he would go is he'd come to our house. You know, he'd watch the kids for a few hours while my wife and I were trading our work duties and then he'd stay and we'd play games you know, till late in the evening. So it was a lot of fun. <laughs> love that. Yeah, that's really great. Um, so
2: what was your first experience with modern gaming then? I, like what, what brought you in during those years?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I had played prior prior to 2010. I, you know, when I look back on it, it's like, yes, I had played Ticket to Ride at some point with some people. I played Catan. But, you know, I hadn't developed for lack of a better word, like I hadn't developed the bug, you know, they're like isolated incidences. Yes. I've played this game, but I don't consider myself a board gamer. Right. Um, That didn't really happen. So the game that, that sort of started that transition, which is not a game I recommend as a gateway game to people (laughs) was uh, the Battlestar Galactica board game.
2: Oh yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: You know, big, heavy game. Now my wife and I, I mean, Battlestar Galactica, was actually very crucial, informative to our courtship. Our wedding was unofficially Battlestar Galactica themes, like (laughs) the new one, the new one, um, the Ron Moore series. Uh, So yeah, we'd heard, well, there's this board game. I'm like, oh, well, we like, someone actually, right after we got married had given us his collection of the collectible card game, the Battlestar Galactica. Um, so we played that a little bit right after we were married. But again, it was just like, oh, this is a fun little thing to do. But like there's a board game. Well, let's find out what it's about. <laughs> and into Games Unlimited, that might've been my first time in Games Unlimited. Do you have this game? Actually, I remember what it was, is we were going to have a dinner night, dinner party with another couple who were also Battlestar fans. So I said, let's get this game. And this was the couple we had played Ticket to Ride with. So, you know, I'm assuming <laughs> this is like Ticket to Ride, right? That's, that's the Same game. thing. <laughs> So go into Games Unlimited, pick up this game, drive over to their house. You know, we eat dinner and it's like, okay, let me crack open this game and learn the rules. Oh, <laughs> and it's like, um, you guys might want to go chat for a while. Let me see if I can figure this out. Um, but you know, this was in the time before we all had kids, so this was fine. Um, I spent an hour or so reading the rules, taught it, like we learned it, we played it, we loved it. It was great. Um, from that point, basically, tried to have weekly gatherings, right? Because this yeah. is not an easy game to teach. So we taught it to a couple other friends. So the, the ones who knew how to play it, we got to get together and play this game. Um, and it wasn't until in, in January or February of 2010, there was a huge snowstorm in Pittsburgh that like shut the city down for a week. Uh, which meant, like, we couldn't get together with our friends. We were like, we really want to play Battles of Galactica. We can't get together with our friends. But my wife and I realized, well, maybe we can play another game. Is there another game? Went into Games Unlimited. Uh, Carcassonne was recommended to us. It was a good two-player game. Mm-hmm. Played it. And that was sort of the, from that moment on, it was like every week, well, what's another good game? What's another good game? You know, and that that's sort we of started the the buzz the the identifier the moniker of gamer because just wanting new games all the time
2: oh okay so is that how that that was one of our prep questions how do you define a gamer yeah (laughs) somebody who's addicted to games and can't stop buying them yeah
0: i mean uh, (laughs) it it, that's a weird one especially because you know my store um we don't necessarily position ourselves as like i mean we're a game store but we're not like trying to market to gamers, quote, unquote, Right. Um, where we're, our big thing is like creating new gamers, we're Still mm-hmm. using that term, but we want to introduce the idea of board games to more people. Um, when, when I think about the moniker gamer, I was talking to someone just the other day, and I was thinking about, in my head, maybe this is idealized, but I think about like the German gaming market. I don't know that Germans use the term gamer at least not in the way we do. Okay. Because it's part of their culture. This is where the spiel des Jahres comes in, right? It's part of their culture that it's a, it's a thing that's known that we do. We play games together as a family. We play games with our friends. So it'd be the same way that we don't consider ourselves like, oh, I'm an avid TV watcher right? <laughs> we all watch TV. It's just a thing that we do. Yeah. Um, and like, what I would like to see is that we don't necessarily think in terms of gamer because tabletop gaming eventually in the States has become so mainstream. It's just something we all do. Right. Now, one, one big shift, and this is something I talk about uh, with my customers, you know, when people walk into the store and they don't really know what we do, so many people consider board games... The thing you do, you know, like you come in, you get a game to take on your summer vacation for a rainy day, right? Mm-hmm. You do it when the power's out. Like, it's a thing that we'll do because it's kind of a fun pastime when we can't do the other things that we really enjoy. Yeah. And I guess I would say that a gamer is a person who's gone beyond that, who's going to say, oh no, given an option, given this, this palette of things that I could do with my time, one of those things is I want to play tabletop games with people. Yeah. Um, so, and whether or not, whether or not there's an identity enfolded into that, a gamer often has connotations and all these things. So, yeah. you know, I look at my customers, some of them, some of them are never going to call themselves a gamer. doesn't matter. They're coming in and they're buying a new game every month. <laughs> you <laughs> tell me whether they're a gamer or not. <laughs> and again, they may never go to board game geek. They may not be looking at Kickstarters. They might be, be doing all of these things that we associate with the tabletop gaming lifestyle but they love games. They right. love getting together with people and playing games. They love learning new games. So they're a gamer in my book.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That's one of the things that we've talked a lot about is like, um, you know, gatekeeping and things like that are, they're not useful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely, so, not. absolutely not, absolutely yeah. No, um, so you're making a transition with your store. Um, this, Go ahead and talk about that for a second. You've been in this little thousand square foot space for a while. Your new space looks beautiful. Can't wait to visit it. Uh, yeah, share why why you decided to make the big change because yeah, you, you had previously said you kind of wanted to stay where you were forever. <laughs> so 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 tell tell me about that. Yeah, tell us yeah. about that.
0: Yeah. So it's weird to have you. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, old, you know, the old space, like I said, it was tiny thousand square foot. Jam to the gills but you know that was what I knew how to run. So one of the things I remember actually the first time I went to the Gamma Trade Show as it was known then you know you, you, so that I don't know if your listeners know but you know the Game Manufacturers Organization uh, they have these annual trade shows and like all aspects of the industry can come and like talk to each other and, and have seminars and things like that and you know, I go into that and I see all these stores that, you know, oh yeah, you know, we do million dollars a year in sales. I've got 15 employees, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, oh, I'm basically a one person operation, right? Yeah. Um, that's how Bob always did it. It's like, I me, mean, he might occasionally have a, a staff member or two so he could go on vacation. But, you know, for him, it was like, it wasn't uncommon for him to just work seven days a week. He had nothing else to do. Um, but someone at that first Gamma Trade Show was like, that's a valid business model too, right? Don't think that you have to have 15 employees to be successful. You know, are you making a living for yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so that was something I really leaned into largely because there was no way to grow in this space. Right? Mm-hmm. Like there's only so much I can do. Never had you know, events didn't have tables you know we didn't run we didn't sell magic we didn't do f we didn't have board game nights yeah. no no no. we were you come in you talk to us you buy a game you leave yeah you know? um and so many game stores really thrive on that third space thing like we need people to come in and hang out and play games so i really leaned into that um but after you know after five years of, of doing it this way i was really thinking what is the next step how you know do i just want to do it this way do i want to do it this way for the next 20 30 years uh, or is there another way that i can do it not necessarily that i want to go to the 15 employee model and the friday night magic and all of that but yeah. is there another way to do it uh, so actually it was it was start of 2020 i was looking at you know my lease in that place was going to be up in april of 2021 so i had about 15 months it's like, you know what, I wanna move. I want a bigger space. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's gonna be my goal. And I remember at, at the Gamma Expo, which was the last, uh, last show, last convention I was at before lockdown happened in 2020. So in March, I was telling everybody, all of, all of my colleagues, if I haven't moved by the end of 2020, it's only because I'm lazy. <laughs> I was like, you need to keep me on track. Keep pestering me, you know, tell me. What are you doing? Are you are you gonna move, or are you just gonna get complacent and stay in that spot? Of course, then COVID lockdown happens, and I just assume, well, this isn't gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 2020 is not the year to move. Um, and we were in Pennsylvania. We were shut down completely for seven weeks. We mm-hmm. uh, couldn't even do curbside or anything. So we were just we were just done for seven weeks. And when we did open back up. You know, everyone, was, everyone really wanted to do curbside. It's like we set up a website like so many retailers did. Like we gotta have, We've got to have an online presence so people can order stuff and pick it up at our store. But I also knew I can't open this thousand square foot with like non-ADA compliant foot and a half wide aisles. There's no way you can social distance in this space. It's just not going to happen. So even though we were, you know, legally we were allowed to open up, we probably could have had a couple of people in the store at a time. I made the decision, nope, we're just gonna do curbside. We, we, can't, we can't take that risk and, and, and continue to have people in the store. Um, but then it was just sort of, well, is this sustainable? We don't know how long this pandemic is gonna last. Is curbside alone gonna be able to pay the bills or is this gonna be the end for Games Unlimited? And I figured the only way to do it would be to open back up. And the only way to open back up is to find a bigger space. Okay, yeah. So that, that was really the impetus to be able to open back up safely in something. So we, we found a space, I mean, just perfect in, <laughs> it had all the things that I wanted. I did not think that would be possible. Um, higher higher foot traffic location, same neighborhood. You know, So all my customers, my loyal customers weren't gonna have to go to a different part of the city. It's only four blocks away from our location, and we set it up so that everything's big and open. You know, we actually put everything on wheels, all of our fixtures on wheels, so that we could rearrange it. It's like, well, maybe, you know, maybe we can fit some more things in later, but keep it as open as possible. Yeah. and uh, and it's worked out, just worked out very well. It's one of those things. like, ah, oh, I wish I could have done this five years ago.
2: <laughs> no, it looks it looks really good. Can't wait to visit. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, Ryan Ryan was just checking that out beforehand. He was like, "That's that's a really nice store." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I was like,
1: "There's a couple of different cities that have um, unlimited gaming, games unlimited, games unlimited." A, a store with the same name. There, there's a
0: Dan. There's one in Danville, California. There's games Unlimited. Oh, I thought
1: it was Danville, uh, Illinois. There's a big difference between. There are big differences. I have
0: I have spoken with the the owners of the Danville store because every once in a while, like. I might get a shipment from a distributor. Oh no, <laughs> that's meant for them, or vice versa. And, uh, oh, that would uh, well, but I believe it. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we've both worked in retail. We we know how that can go. Yeah, um, that can happen. <laughs> and then there's unfortunately there's like some European based scam phone app thing okay. called Unlimited. Cause basically, I will get um, like. I'm going to sue you. You need my child downloaded this thing on my phone. And now you're charging me $5 a month. And like, it's just something, you know, the credit card statement says games unlimited and they do a Google search for games unlimited and they see me and then I get their vitriol.
1: And you're like, no, we're, it's, that one's in Danville.
0: (laughs) Exactly. You want to talk to them. Actually, like at one point it got so bad. Like I was getting four or five of these emails a day and I called the Danville store just to see if they were getting it too. And they weren't, Uh which tells me my web presence is better. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah well, I mean that, that's one of yeah how, how did your did you do uh, well, did the puzzles help, help out because um, you've been doing puzzles online
0: for a few years anyways, right? yeah Well yeah. we had been. I mean, I actually a couple of years ago I just completely eliminated our online store. Um, oh, okay just because I, I had watched the decline of our online store. so again, little history with the store. it's been around for so long. And Bob was one of the first websites to sell games. Yeah. Um, it was actually a, a, a big thing between him and one of his former partners. Like at, in the late nineties, the store wasn't doing great. And Bob believed we got to get on this worldwide web thing. And his partner was like, I don't think that's going to save us. I want out. So he bought his partner out, taught himself HTML, <laughs> put this website up and just, I mean, like the early 2000s were just gangbusters because it was like one of the only places with jigsaw puzzles. He was shipping puzzles like to Australia and South America and all these places. Like, so that really saved the store. Um, so, and, and we were still doing a pretty good online business when I came in, but, you know, between 2011 and probably, I want to say 2016 or so was when I nixed the online, you could just see the decline. And okay, it's obvious why. I mean, I'm not trying to blame Amazon, but basically like, okay, even though puzzles, unlike games, like puzzles we could sell at the same price that websites are selling them for, puzzles weren't devalued the way games are in the online marketplace, but it's the shipping, right? Like I still got to, I got to ship these things. And like, I kept having to raise my free shipping threshold, you know, and it's like, look, you could buy one puzzle from Amazon for the same price you can buy it from me and get free shipping. Yeah. like you know so I saw the writing on the wall and just shut it all down
2: okay I, um, I, I didn't realize that I, I just I remember the earlier part of the story uh, yeah I don't know if we had talked about it. so what what draws people to your store whether it's the first time or, or the repeat customers what do, you, what do you think it makes a store like yours special like why mm-hmm. why why shop with you
0: I think it's it's our expertise and our I mean just it's customer service, right? It's friendliness, it's, and these seem like basic things but they're actually not basic things when you talk to a lot of, (laughs) well, we've all been to game stores. (laughs) Sometimes they're not the basic thing, but, you know, again, because we don't necessarily run on the traditional third space model, we're not having events, we're not, we don't make money by running events and hoping people also buy a game or buy snacks like Mm -hmm. we're just selling you the exact same product that you could buy online cheaper so why are you buying from us because you come in we talk to you we get to know your likes and dislikes we find a game that we feel like is perfect for you nine times out of ten it is so you come back a couple weeks later that game was awesome what game what else you got for me
1: yeah, Do you, no. is it always Battlestar Galactica for new gamers?
0: <laughs> no, no. Well, and it's one of those things like that's the thing. It's, it's, it, it, and you have to be careful with your hiring too. And, and maybe you've experienced this. Like, I've, I've certainly had some employees, you know, you don't, a, a good person on the sales floor knows how to sell a game that they hate. Because they know who the right person is. And it's also not just about trying to sell any game. It's also knowing not to sell the game that you know isn't going to work for that person.
2: Yeah.
1: Like if you came into my shop and you were like me and my wife really like Battlestar Galactica and we've played um, Catan a few times and we're going to have a date night with some people and I want to pick this up. No offense to Bob. But I would be like, hmm, we'll hop online and watch some playthroughs. Oh, gosh. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, no, no. The whole point is that our staff can yeah. answer that. You, you tell us, and we'll ask a few more probing questions. Yeah. Right? Really, we need you to feel like we're listening to you. We care about your likes and dislikes. We want to find you that thing, you know? And, and, and I think, really, that's just the key. And people, because people know, you know, it used to be everyone was like, well, it's open. You know, we don't want to leave people to know stuff cheaper online. Everyone knows that now. Yeah, it's not a secret. It's not a secret. It's not <laughs> even an open secret. It's just, but people realize, you know what? Yeah, I could go on Board Game Geek mm-hmm. and see what those people say and buy three games and maybe hate all three of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, the beauty is even if I send you home with a game and you end up not liking that game, You will have liked that interaction so much that you're willing to come back and say, you know, that game didn't quite work out for me. And then we'll have a conversation about why and you trust that I'll be able to find you the next one. Yeah. And be
1: like, well, Ryan, you know, maybe the reason that you didn't like Battlestar Galactica isn't because it's a bad game. It's because everybody you play with is awful. And that's why you stopped <laughs> playing co-ops in 2018. <laughs> this is this is like a full circle from season one. You said yeah. Battlestar Galactica, and I'm just like just like remembering like the first time I played it with very experienced players. And, oh, that's awful. And then I was a Cylon and a traitor, and no one told me what to do. And then another person <laughs> became a Cylon, and then they yelled at me, and I'm like, hmm. This isn't really fun, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's that's definitely. i co for a year.
0: That's, um. It's not a casual game. Well, and, you know, people always too. like, I actually get this question less than I used to, which I like. But, like, I, I hate people like, well, what's your favorite game? I'm like, well, I mean, I'll tell you my favorite game, but it's probably not for you. <laughs> right. You know, just because. What is your favorite game? My favorite game is War of the Ring.
1: Okay. okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and again, that is a two player, four hour war game steeped in Tolkien lore. Yep. Now, if I talk to you and I find out you're a huge Tolkien nerd, you love playing Axis and Allies, okay, this is probably going to be something you like. But if I talk to you and you're like, yeah, I really like Ticket to Ride and Codenames and I want something to that level, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to recommend War of the Ring to you. <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: it's my favorite game, but. Love that game. Love that game. Yeah.
2: But yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that, so I mean that that's interesting uh, that that you and your wife both love uh, Battlestar Galactica, but you wanted to play that game together because for those who don't know, who haven't seen, it, <laughs> spoiler alert, I haven't seen it. Everybody's basically a Cylon by the end. Uh,
1: Ooh, I never finished season two,
2: <laughs>
1: so <laughs> it's been like five years. I've been planning on it.
0: Of the statute of Limitations is up, Ryan.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> We you going to tell me
1: Bruce Willis was dead the whole time, Max? Aren't you?
0: Um, it was it was Tyler Durden the whole time.
2: Uh, I mean, that, that, that's crazy that, that you I don't know that, that you and your wife would be like, yes, we're going to base our marriage around this game that's based on
0: lies <laughs> and treason. Well, see, that's the important thing. We early on in our marriage, we realized we're not married when we play games. <laughs> While we're at that table, there's no holds barred. You know? yeah. one of my one of my favorite gaming moments actually. we this was years ago. We used to get together um, with some people. Like there'd be like twenty of us, just basically having a board game day. You know, different games being played, and we played a game of Cosmic Encounter. And I don't know if you're familiar with Cosmic, but Cosmic is all about negotiations and backstabbing, and we were at this point in the game where both of us were one point away from winning. We had to attack each other. And if we both negotiated, we would both win. <laughs> so then the way it works in that game is you basically say, I'm willing to negotiate if you are. But you, A, you have to have a negotiate card in your hand. Yep. And you lay the card face down. And if, if, if I said negotiate, if I put a negotiate card down and she didn't, mm-hmm. she would win the game on her own yep. and vice versa. Right. And so we both said, yeah, let's negotiate. Yeah. It was That's like awesome. a record scratch. Everyone playing all their other games came over to watch this moment. <laughs> would they, would they lie to each other? Would they actually do the negotiate? Um, and neither of us did. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I felt like there was getting to be a cliffhanger there <laughs> <laughs> so wait so but who won
0: I, I don't remember actually uh, you know, <laughs> I you just know. know what I remember is both of us said we would negotiate and yeah. both of us lied
1: <laughs> I, think, I think not you know that part being clouded by history makes the rest of the story it, it, that it, much it, richer it really, is, it really is I need to divorce my wife during board games that's a good idea yeah, <laughs> I think she might have
2: sold
0: me, but yeah, just. <laughs> um, it's, 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 it's a much different story. The one time I've played Twilight Imperium with 11, Twilight Imperium 4, when it first came out, got together okay. with some of my employees, 11 hours <laughs> of gaming. And what's, what's funny about it, so we basically got to a point where it was either me or one other guy was going to win on the next round. We knew the next round was going to take 45 minutes. We'd been playing. We were tired, so we decided let's just call it a draw because the other four players weren't going to have fun because they knew it was going to be one of us two. Yep, let's just call it a draw. But of course, to this day, he and I argue about who would have really won had we played that last round.
2: And so you've never played it since then. No, no. Oh goodness, it's such a good game. But like the difference with that game is you need like one person who really knows what's going on and is prepared to play and has it like all organized out and then it makes it a completely different gaming experience
0: well you know the thing was we enjoyed it again all of us involved yeah we're happy we've done it yeah right and we did we like we set it we set a day we started at noon we played till almost midnight um and it was great but it you know probably four of the six of us were like yeah i've done that i don't need to do it again um but again largely the length and and, and i know people i have a friend who like plays that game several times a month and his group can play it in like two and a half hours they've got it down yeah so uh, yeah i mean that's really fast but a times <laughs> yeah ago,
1: i mean they, they've um, been playing a lot so. you got your heavy games you got your play group and there's a couple where you just have to agree all right guys we've learned how to play <laughs> Do we ever want to play this again? Because if we do, we need to play it more than once a year. Otherwise, if we don't play it more than once a year, when somebody recommends it, I'm going to put it away.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what my wife and I did actually with War of the Ring. We used to play it once a year. We both liked it, but it was like a four to five hour affair. We'd usually do it like on our anniversary. We'd go away and we'd take the game with us. And one year I said, you know what? After the kids are born, it's like, we can't do this. Like we put the kids to bed. We don't have four hours. Is that if we play this game once a week, I bet we'll get it down. Mm-hmm. And we did that for the better part of a year. And we can play War of the Ring in two hours now, which That's means great. we can like put the kids to bed and actually play a game of War of the Ring. So. That's awesome. But yeah, if you can, you know, if you've got the game you like it's worth doing a deep dive and you got the group. Yeah. That's great. That's cool. What are you guys playing right now? Oh, gosh. I wish I could play more, (laughs) you know Really what I'm looking forward to is what you two have, like my employees, we're all getting vaccinated. We're in various stages and we've got this, you know this new space. We have a a second floor that eventually we're gonna actually have gaming tables on but I've got a gaming table up there now and we're just waiting when we're vaccinated we can actually get together and play games. Um, I've been playing a lot uh, with my daughter uh, so my oldest, my oldest daughter is seven, and during the lockdown, she became voracious about games. Cool. Not it, not it, not at my behest, but I was like, "I'll, I'll take it," you know, and and she loves learning new games, <laughs> which is like, that's my thing. So um, basically, yeah, anything that comes out now that I'm like, do I think she could play this? I'm bringing it home. Um, what did we play? Uh, Last week we played uh, the new Pandasaurus game, Umbra Via. Oh yeah, nice. Kind of like a path path building and a little bit of bidding. So it was like her first game of like bidding. So play that. Um, We played Via Magica, which is a re-implementation of Rise of Augustus, which is an Mm -hmm. old Spiel nominee. Um, So that was fun. What else have I been playing? Um, so just this weekend, I got together with some friends that we hadn't been able to get together with for a long time. The the couple that we played through all the pandemic legacies with, except zero because we haven't had a chance yet. But you know, we play a lot of a, a lot of stuff with them. So we finally got together again, uh, introduced them to Bunny Kingdom, which they liked. Okay. Um, I see, I'm looking on the shelf behind you. One of my favorites from last year was the Dune Imperium.
2: Oh, oh okay, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I saw. I see you got you got the you got the old Dune. Yeah. Um, uh, yep. the cosmic encounter dune yep i
2: yep i love them both yeah.
0: <laughs> i have not played that one i've played the cosmic but i haven't played the the, the dune but yeah dune imperium was probably yep. my favorite game of last year
2: was... yeah me too it, it, it's my 2020 number one yeah for yeah. sure
0: now have you played lost wounds of arnak
2: um not yet the, uh, those the two setup... get compared a lot
0: and i haven't played our either do.
2: Uh, the setting just didn't appeal to me as much, so now I have to I'm wait sure. till I can find one. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs>
2: so, uh, but that's fine. Um, did Did you
0: really like it? Which one, Arnak? Uh, uh, Ruins of Arnak. I haven't played it either. It was the same oh yeah, okay. You know, we got a few copies in; they sold, and, and yeah. I haven't seen it again. So yeah, yeah, so I definitely want to give it a try. But yeah, I like the I like the way. I mean, I loved his previous game it was Clank, right? Mm-hmm. So Paul Dinnan, he knows he knows deck building and worker placement and yeah. stuff like that. So that's a good one. But, I, yeah,
2: I mean, my, my thing with games is like, if it's a good game, it's still going to be a good game a year from now or two. years. Oh yeah. from now. And, and I, I can be patient.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, well, the problem is you get a backlog. Like, that's me right yeah, now. Like, yeah. That's games. You know, and then I think about like, there are games that I played a lot during quarantine with my wife and Renee and Bob and I. Like, we played Ragusa. That was yeah. a one that we, we did kind of a deep dive in. Bunny mm-hmm. Kingdom. Endeavor, one I had never played. Oh, yeah. And that was a lot of fun. So, yeah, like I said, there's just, there's so many games. And have you, have you played, uh, Cubitos? I saw somebody. That- oh, yes. Yeah. Stop. Okay. Whereas my daughter calls it cheese cubes.
2: <laughs> well, when I initially saw the, the box art before I saw a close up, I thought it was SpongeBob. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, that's what I've heard. People were like, it's, is this the SpongeBob
2: game? Yeah. But <laughs> it totally makes sense. Um, well, I almost missed out on it because I, I did think it was like a SpongeBob game. And then I, you know, like, like you said, there's so many games to read up on. And then eventually I came back to reading up on it because I actually noticed that it was uh, John Yeah. And then I, I realized what it was. And I was like, okay, I, I need to try this out. And I don't know, we've we've really enjoyed it. My, my uh, eight-year-old and I have played
0: probably 15 to 20 times. Yeah, that's, that's about where I am. Yeah, that was one I also almost missed out on. Um, it was what, what, what made me take notice. Someone was like, oh, it's Quacks of Quedlinburg, the dice game. And Uh we play a lot of Quacks of Quedlinburg. My daughter loves it. I think that's her favorite game right now. And so I was like, let me download the rule book. And I am reading the rule book and I'm like, this is Quacks of Quedlinburg, the dice game. Like, (laughs) so much so that I was almost like, they should have acknowledged acknowledged quacks in the rule because this is so similar. But it's like quacks mixed with, I call it quacks mixed with uh, Dice Masters slash Couriers, which is another fun game. But um, I mean, I used
1: a lot of couriers back in the day.
0: Warriors was that was my I've been to Gen Con one time Uh, it was 2011 which is when Warriors came out and that was the one game we picked up and just loved it It it's a great game so
1: was good I like it I played Broom Service this week (laughs) the card game
0: which is better than Broom Service the board game in my opinion
1: I haven't played the the board game in so long but the card game plays really fast and it's been really fun like I just would, I was picking up a copy of The Hobbit for my daughter. Mm-hmm. And um, at the half, which, book,
0: which which The Hobbit? There are a few. Yeah, which which one?
1: Which The Hobbit? Whatever one's the oldest and cheapest at the half. Oh, oh book. Yeah, you mean the book? The, 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 book, actual the book. book? The yeah, book? Yeah, the, the, the book. Oh, gotcha! 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 Yeah. The book. Ultimate I had the game. <laughs> besides War of the Ring, I don't touch a lot of IP um, games or the original Dune. That's the one that I want. Mm-hmm. Or th- I really like the, that Dune as well, but. But no, I picked up it. Was the the card game was half price and, and we picked it up? And it was, yeah, yeah, it, it was I liked it a lot. I we don't we haven't been playing a lot lately, anything so this week, yeah, it, the it's a difference.
0: It's one of those games that again, like I played because Broom Service. Well, Broom Service is actually a board game version of a card game that came before it that I don't think was called Broom Service or something, I don't know, but um, it won the spiel, won the Kinner spiel one year, and I was like, a, played it and I was like, I didn't like it. But then I played the card game. It's the same way I feel about Zularetto and Coloretto. Like Zularetto, I did not like as much as I thought I should. And then uh, you play Coloretto and you're like, oh, this is just distilled the good part of Zularetto. <laughs> so I don't that, need all that extra fluff. I can just play the good part. Yeah, no, I mean that,
2: uh, see, I, I guess you're right. Cause that's one that I'm awaiting a reprint on
0: and i don't know colorado Colorado. oh colorado yeah is it out of print right now i guess i haven't had it on the show it is
2: because it it was going for crazy prices for a little while like 120 150 and stupid stuff right so but anyways yeah yeah yeah. so you you might be right um so with with all this i mean obviously you have an extensive knowledge of board games yourself how do you introduce somebody that just walked especially now you're gonna get more walk-ins when the pandemic's over and well, we're getting them here. now already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With with your new location, how do you introduce somebody who's completely new to modern board gaming? All the, you know, all they know, may, they might have seen Ticket to Ride or Catan. Right, right. Yeah,
0: yeah. The, the nice thing is, I mean, just as I've seen in the past ten years, you, culturally, this is known. Gaming is starting to be known. I had my first experience uh, the other day. You know. In, you both, you said you've worked in some games retail. You probably had the experience. Well, what do you do? Oh, I work at a game store. Like, oh, you, board games like Monopoly, right? Yeah, yeah. I had someone at the bank. I said, yeah, you know, I own the game store down the street. We sell board games. And she, and she said, you mean like tickets to ride? And I was like, "Oh, that's your default for board games. We're starting to infiltrate. It's great. Um, no, I mean, for me, it's, I, I introduce people just by asking them what their previous experiences with games have been, mm-hmm. right? What have you played that you liked? What have you played that you didn't like? You know, mm-hmm. When people come into my store, you know, often, you know, you'll have a group come in, you know, maybe two people, maybe more. And one of them is the gamer looking around and, and I'll try to, I'll engage with that person, but then I'll engage with the other one. You know, what do you like to play in this? Oh, I don't like board games. And I usually look at them and I say, you had an older sibling that used to beat you at Monopoly all the time, didn't you? <laughs> because their experience is just someone dominating them at a game, yeah. yeah. which really means their experience is playing games with people who only have fun when they win. Mm. Right? yeah. And to, to really turn someone on to what modern games have to offer, you need to get them to realize these games are fun whether you win or lose. You know, I have played thousands of games, like a log, a log of, I got like a log on BoardGameGeek and I can go see all this stuff. But like, I don't remember who won 99.9% of them. You know, right. That's not what it's about. And the difference is, and this is what I'll show people. This is one of the reasons why I think your classic gateway games, like your Ticket to Rides, your Catans, your Carcassonne, the reason they work so well is because unlike monopoly unlike risk when the game is over and you have lost you still look down and see what you've created mm-hmm. I lost at ticket to ride but I have this route right I lost at catan but I built all these things when you lose at monopoly what do you have to show for it nothing <laughs> all of my properties have been taken from me yeah. you lose at risk I, there are no soldiers on the board yeah. right so That's the important thing. When I want to introduce someone, I want to say you're going to enjoy the process of what you did Mm -hmm. to get to the end game. And you're not going to care whether you won or lost. And I and I think that's key because, you know, in my mind, that's what gamers like. I mean, the the quote unquote gamer, like we like, we want to learn new rules. We like, we like the way it makes our brain feel to learn a new rule set, to strategize about it, you know yes, we're trying to win because that's part of what you have to do to make the game work. Sure, It's not about the winning. And that's what we have to teach our children, right? It's like, did you enjoy the game? Whether or not you won or lost, that's, that's mm-hmm. the key component to it there. So just getting people to realize that one thing I think is crucial to introducing them to what modern games can do. Yeah,
1: okay. I think that's super eloquent and I'm going to try to instill that more with maybe my eight-year-old daughter.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and co-ops are great for that, too. But yeah.
1: And, and, I, we and, we're, we're trying. There's a little bit of, there's a competitive streak in the house. Sure. Not so much with me. It could be my fault, but um, <laughs> I'm not necessarily going to, like, I don't trounce kids, but I'm not going to, like,
0: right. not gonna obviously throw a
1: game. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely... If you ever listen to Lou, I'm sorry. I definitely have thrown games, (laughs) but it's more about yeah the experience, the having the fun, the building the things, the discovery, the rules, It's about winning. Right. Well, and the beauty again of so many steps without it being a competition at this point.
0: (laughs) The beauty of so many modern games is they admit of multiple strategies, so you don't have to throw a game to just say, you know what, I tried this strategy last. I'm going to try something different. It may not work as well, but it gives me a new space to play in. Yep. 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 Although sometimes there's, there's, there's one game that my wife won't play because the first time we played is Dice Throne. I don't know if you're familiar with Dice oh, Throne.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: I love that game. I don't get to play it. Um, but, you know, it's like a Yahtzee thing. And your ultimate move is if you can basically roll five sixes. You got five dice. If you roll five sixes, that's your ultimate. And it's like, Yahtzee, you get a couple of re-rolls. First time I taught her the game, my first roll, boom, five sixes. (laughs) Oh no. And it's like, I can't re-roll any of that. It's obvious (laughs) that I'm throwing the game if I re-roll that. So just devastated her. Second roll, boom, five sixes. It's just like, this game is stupid. I'm like, the odds of this ha- this will never happen again. I'm That's sorry, right. I did 50 points of damage to your face. <laughs> <laughs> but most of the time, like you said, you can Let's try a different strategy. Maybe I rolled four of the five sixes, but I think if the, the odds of me getting that last six, I'd rather re roll some other things. And you can find ways to, yeah. to not necessarily look like or feel that you're throwing the game.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. so two last questions um, where would you like to see tabletop gaming go in the next couple of years mm-hmm. and then anything else that you would like to add because we appreciate your time and don't want to go too long because I know you've had a long day
0: So, yeah um, gosh next couple of years I know I wrote something down I don't remember what it was <laughs> um, <laughs> it is it is really let me see what I, what I wrote here sorry because that was the question. I was like, oh, yeah, what does that mean? Uh, oh, yes, that's right. So th- this was a big thing, again, because my store, at least in the past, never had event space, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Obviously, I want gaming to be more mainstream. And that is happening, and we'll see that. Yeah. I-, I think there needs to be, uh, some way, more visibility on at-home play. Huh. I-, I believe the vast majority of games are played at home. Yeah. What's visible is, yeah, your friendly local game store and the game space and and that sort of thing. And that can sometimes warp people's perceptions into like, oh, that's where games happen. Right. Um, And it's a great place for games to happen. I'm not saying anything negative about that, but I think more and more people need to realize this. No, it's it's great. You have some friends over, have a meal, break out a game. That's where gaming's really going to happen and really going to grow. It's just not visible. We don't see it because it's happening in private.
1: Yeah. Watsi said um at a trade show that I went two years ago, they said um it was um, the GTS trade show. Mm-hmm. The, one of the Watsi reps said that they think that something like, based off of their data, 92% of Magic players are kitchen table players. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. But you wouldn't think it. No.
0: Right, exactly. Because I mean, obviously, what gets the press is the big tournaments and and, and all of that stuff, and for good reason. Like,
1: <laughs> and they're also the most vocal online. You know, the the kitchen table players might be reading the stuff that people are talking about, but for the most part, the people that are active in the scene are the ones that are right. chatting it up.
0: Well, like, and the and the other thing too is that growth will happen. We're going back to that gamer thing. Growth will happen because people want an activity to do with their friends and family,
2: mm-hmm.
0: not because people want to play games. Mm-hmm. And the distinction there is important. It's something I heard several years ago, and I wish I remember who said it or, or where I read it. Some people treat their opponent as a game component. Yeah. I need a person sitting across because really what I want is to play this game. And I can't play the game without a person. So let me go down to my local game store. Let me go on to my meetup group. Let me go on to something so I could find someone to play the game with me. Again, I'm not begrudging that. That's that's cool. That's fine. But if 92%, like Watsi says, of the players are kitchen table players, these are people who want to do something with their friends, that thing happens to be a game, not people who want to play a game. And then the extra thing they have to do is go find players. Right. So when we see growth in that area, if, if that's 92% of the market, shoot, let's grow that market <laughs> more so than the other.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's no fun. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, that you don't want to begrudge anybody, but like, it's also no fun to be on the other end of that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> where, 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 where you know when somebody's like, Here, I'm going to play my favorite game since you're here, would you like to play? And the only reason I, you're asked to play is so that they get their ideal player count. Like,
0: I, <laughs> I, had, an, I had an experience once um, years ago with someone, a, a particular collectible card game that i had been playing fairly heavily, but you know, casually, like I didn't go to tournaments and stuff. And uh, I was just like, you know, I wasn't net decking. I wasn't on the scene. I was just like, oh, I want to make some stuff to play. And a person that I played with fairly regularly, <laughs> I think, I think I canceled because I was like, oh, I don't really have a deck or I wasn't feeling it that night. And that person said, well, why don't I just come over so I can test out some of my tournament decks?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was like, I don't want to just get demolished by your tournament decks. Yeah. <laughs> That's not fun for me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, that, that, that does happen. But, you know, like sometimes though, if you've got a nice competitive relationship with someone and you deep dive,
2: that can be very fun. That can be a lot of fun. I mean, just building decks can be fun in games, too. But, that's, yeah, that's a I whole mean, different thing.
1: I was in a competitive scene. We had, like, six guys. Five of them were vocal online, mm-hmm. you know, 50% of the conversation, probably. And I enjoyed that experience. But I've also had a guy, when I worked at a shop, come in, ask to play a game. And I was like, sure, we'll play. And I ended up being the additional component that he needed to play (laughs) and and it was an awful experience because uh long story short we switched magic decks so he was using my deck yeah and um whatever you know you're just going to win but he was very rude about the whole experience but then also he would bend my car.
0: <laughs> oh. And I was like, Hey man,
1: it's cool that you're winning and that you used my deck and you know, cause he's just gloating and I'm just like, Oh, I'm clocked in. I don't care.
0: Right, right, right.
1: You know, be a little, a little less bendy on his cards, you know, he had a power nine in a safety deposit box, a couple States over. Okay. <laughs> means he had like tens of thousand dollars worth of magic cards. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, I'm I,
2: not. I like magic. I don't care. I don't. <laughs> I don't think he had those. I think he was just one of those people. Uh, okay. that was the, yeah. So no, no, no. I'm sure magic people would get that joke. I just, yeah. I didn't. So um,
0: and I, that's, it, that's, <laughs> that's that's that that's that Digimon, Poke 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 thing, right? With yeah. you you're not talking about magic tricks.
1: Yes. The, out of the hat, I, I'm messing. Yeah, with no, me. I was going with it. <laughs> it's but, a Tagachi. The Tagachi, you oh, walk with them them. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I'm still taking care of mine.
0: <laughs> it didn't die of old age yet.
1: Mm, no. Well, apparently they don't have a generation.
0: <laughs> how is the?
2: uh Wasn't there supposed to be a, a Digimon uh TCG or something coming out this year? How how's that doing?
0: Maybe I. I, I I am the non TCG. <laughs> we don't sell. We sell KeyForge, oh, um, yeah, and actually do, do well with great it.
1: Great game for a game store.
0: Yep, I, I love the KeyForge, and you know we sell the Living Card games. Yep. Um, but you know that is my. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> I do I do board games to the detriment of everything else. I mean we do role playing, and and we're starting to try to branch into miniatures and stuff. But the whole collectible aspect just no I know nothing about it
1: (laughs) wait until your customers yell at you for carrying magic but not carrying um oh legacy rares you know cards that are worth like well why don't you have dual lands that are worth like (laughs) two grand a piece you can't
0: yell at me because I don't carry magic
1: yeah Yeah. Yeah. I had a guy yell at me once why don't you have these and I'm like um because they're really expensive and we don't have that kind of capital (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't so, know <laughs> <laughs> anything,
2: anything else you and i kylie to end up the night
0: no no i mean um i appreciate you having me on it's been fun to just chat with some people and in then inter- i mean your your listeners probably know i when i met you you were working at a game store but you you don't work there anymore right no. what are you doing now and you're you getting into content creation obviously you're doing podcasts
2: yeah 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 trying to um yeah, yeah. We uh, today I shot a review of Ruins of Mars, um, and, and uh, it it just takes a lot of work because this is my my second job. My my primary job now is back to homeschooling my boys. Um, mm-hmm. Then we're back in Cincinnati.
0: That's a that's a big job.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I love my boys, but there are days. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's that's what I'm. Back to doing it is That's focusing cool. on homeschool, so um, I don't know when we'll see you, but I'll see you at some
1: point. I'll ride along. Okay. Yeah. send so yeah. I mean, gas. Yes.
2: Maybe we'll just uh, have to take
0: a road trip when yeah. when things, things are, are things are a little easier. I mean, I'm
1: playing uh, Origins uh, Steelers home game.
0: That's the wrong sports ball. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Pirates. There you go. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't that's worry
0: people can't see the hand motions if, if they just listen to the podcast part he was doing baseball people
1: yeah. oh you're swinging a bat yeah. It's, it's, uh, least, uh, yeah well versus the reds though i know you know that's what i was thinking and then i don't yeah ooh, it's just, okay. i think i got redder but we're
0: gamers can, you know, we're gamers it's fine yeah. uh but no i mean origins is hopefully maybe gonna happen um yeah. if it happens i'm planning to be there you know so uh, that that's at least the start of some conventions getting back but yeah, we'll yeah.
2: see what happens yeah exactly we'll see what happens thanks for joining us yeah
0: it's good to be on guys good to meet you ryan Yeah, pleasure meeting you. Thanks, Kylie.
2: You've just been listening to Boarding Games Season 2, Episode 11, with guest Kylie Primus as he talked about his new location for Games Unlimited in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, some of his favorite gaming experiences, especially over the last year during the pandemic. Join us as we continue to explore all things tabletop in future episodes. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Thanks for listening, and happy gaming.